Hello, everyone. It's Sunday, February 9th. This is the TBS report with Miles Ryder. I wanted to get some news out and just get some information to kind of share with you, the listeners, as well as just kind of talk about some of the trending topics of today. As I previously mentioned in the intro to what I want my podcast to be, and I feel that with today, and I've heard this term, and I don't know who necessarily coined it, but they said that the currency of the 21st century will be information. And I do believe the more information, different sources out there, just bring a different light. It's almost very disheartening when you look at the media today and you find out that maybe six companies literally control almost like 90% of the information that we all receive. I think that in and of itself will lead to a lot of biases and also kind of set things up where there's a lot of information that may not be in the interests of the system to get out there. And just as I'm kind of looking at the topics of this week and what's going on in the world, what are some things that of interest a lot of people are talking about? Obviously, we saw the impeachment there. And it's interesting how just with that, too, you look at the media and how they're pushing that story. And I think so many Americans are kind of not as educated as we all should be on just all the processes, you know, voting, the delegates, all that stuff. And I saw a lot of it put out there in the media, you know, just kind of seeing how the vote panned out. Like one of the things I don't know if any of you guys notice I was watching the impeachment and I never knew he think he was going to be impeached because at the end of the day, when you really see the transgressions that they've accused him of, they just don't seem that impeachable to me. When you think about all the things that's gone wrong with this country and what presidents and other officials and government have done. And it's interesting because the media kept saying how close it was and how he was in peril. And, and I thought to myself, they need two thirds majority to impeach the president. They got 47 votes. There were 20 short. That doesn't sound like it's really close, but the way it was presented was as if it was close and that his job was in peril. And I just know from years in business and just kind of common sense, the likelihood of the Democrats presenting that, knowing that they didn't have the votes was so unlikely. And I do find it odd that they're now having to celebrate Mitt Romney as some you know, conscientious objector who was fighting for the people. Like Just a couple of years ago, Mitt Romney was like a bum to them. So... I just as you see politics and just the hypocrisy on all sides, I don't really have a dog in the fight. You know, I never voted based on ideology. I always kind of lean towards, you know, my own self-interest. And one of the things I want to do with my TBS report is just kind of bring out different views. I always wondered, where's the countervain opinion in the news at? You know, you can kind of sometimes see an agenda being pushed. There's almost no investigative journalism anymore. Now, that's something that you don't almost ever see. And I think it's all because of what goes on in the newsrooms, the biases. I saw it so evident in this impeachment. And now you look at all the capital wasted, all the time wasted. You know, you have to believe that if Trump did all these evil transgressions, shouldn't they have filed the impeachment right after he got in there? Why wait to the election year when even if he was, let's say he did do some dirty things in Ukraine they weren't going to remove him in office. It's just not good for their party. You know, and I know a lot of people in politics in this country, they're very, you know, red team versus blue team. There's a lot of red team versus blue team stuff in politics. Love or hate it, there actually is. And that's probably one of the saddest things that has really, you know, kind of limited the political discourse in this country. Think about if you go into an issue and you've already shaped your opinion. Have your views, your, your your talking points, 
based on a framework ideologically that has nothing to do with whether or not the facts present is just, hey, I, I'm on the right side, I think this, I'm on the left side, I think that. And here at the TBS report, I'm going to filter through a lot of that because I always saw in the political debate, and I've been involved in politics, I've been very actively following it over the years, and you know, Republicans have this inherent belief that all business is moral. So they'll support things like voluntary compliance laws for environmental companies. And then you find out when wherever that has been uh, implemented, they have the worst <laughs> air quality, the worst everything, worst pollution, you name it. And Democrats have these beliefs that the government and this altruistic state can solve all the problems. But then when you find what happens, you put these central planners in place and you see the cronyism and the same things you see in a complete corporatocracy oligarchical system. I think there's one thing that I saw and see exposed with the Democrats today. They're, these are corporate Democrats, man. They're not for the working class. And I'm not saying Trump's for the working class either, but I think where he stands is a little bit more clear. And uh, I don't know. I wonder what the public is about this impeachment. I talked to a lot of people. Everybody saw it was a dud. I remember when they tried to like drum up at, at 12 o'clock, the vote is coming for impeachment. The, you know, and you're sitting here, I'm thinking, dude, is there really going to be 20 some Republicans cross the line, 67 votes? And I didn't think there would be. But when it got delivered to see the media just focus so much on Mitt Romney, and this was in conjunction with earlier news stories. I don't know if anybody noticed how much the media was pushing no, Bolton as the character witness for the Democrats. I don't know if you guys know, if you do research on Bolton, here's a guy that just a few years ago, Obama called him the, the greatest threat to democracy. He was seen as like the true definition of a neocon. Bolton is like a neocon's neocon. And now the Democrats are saying that's the guy that we need to trust so that we can implement this impeachment that I don't even know if it was pretty good for the country. Especially at this time, I think we need to move on. We have an election coming up. Elections have, you know, repercussions. And I think is the time now to go ahead and just kind of move forward. But I saw this impeachment as a joke. Um, but the media bias and I just feel the media doesn't understand their bias is so disgusting among common circles. I look at some of the circles that I'm in, the gym. You know, my employment, you know, just at the Starbucks and people talk about like the bias and the travesty of what the media, I believe, has done is that they've actually created some sympathy for Trump, which is crazy to think a guy of his profile needs any sympathy. But they may have actually did that with their bias. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I'm just glad this impeachment crap is over. I'm sure they got another thing that they're going to implement, but it's over for the most part, as we currently saw it what money wasted, and then we can move on. And it is interesting, too, as the impeachment took place, you kind of saw the transition to, like, the Iowa caucuses and how horrible the voting process was there. It seems like this whole uh, distribution of the votes, this voting app was such a disaster that you have to wonder, do we even need Russians to interfere with our elections or Ukrainians when we have Americans that'll screw things up right here? But... We have a very volatile political season. I think one of the things I want to do during my TBS report is kind of break down some of the minutia in the politics and not here to give you, you know, a way to think or tell you how to set an agenda. Just to kind of lay it out, give you my breakdown on it, because I see a lot of things in politics that just don't make sense, that don't add up. And I think we're in a very interesting time right now because 
the courses and the decisions we make in this current political climate, I think are going to shape America big time. You know, let's face it, we've never had someone like Bernie Sanders kind of chomping at the bit right there. We've never had all these different Democrats who, you know, they claim to be the people of the working class, but they got a lot of billionaires and multimillionaires at their uh, top of their ticket. And then we have the Republican Party, which seems to be completely uh, behind Trump, whether or not they say it out loud or not. There has not been strong Republican opposition to Trump. And it clearly shows me this as an outside observer that Trump train is pretty strong with Republican support. And I think the media bias is only keeping it strong. I think if they were more objective and fair, you know, you might have some criticisms because, you know, he's made some mistakes. He's the president. He's got constant scrutiny. They all make mistakes. So it's going to be interesting. And I want to break down and sound in a weekly format to some of the political issues of the day. I'm not just obsessed with politics. I'm not even obsessed with it, but. America's political right now, and our climate is very volatile politically. And in my lifetime, I don't think I've ever seen America this politically volatile. You just don't quite know what direction we're going to go. Bernie wins the presidency. That's a fundamental transformation of this country we've never seen before. You know, I remember back in 92, the first year I voted, um, terms like democratic socialist, if you called yourself that, oh, my God, they would have ran you out of the, you could never, you didn't go on TV. Just even a couple years ago, anybody that may listen here, remember how controversial Ron Paul was? Wasn't Ron Paul, when you think of his kind of simple economic concepts, almost Milton Friedman-ish, you know, actuarial, these these are the numbers, that's all it is. Was Ron Paul controversial to what Bernie is actually, you know, uh, implementing and talking about wanting to do? And it's always the question with Bernie, and I know a lot of that stuff sounds good, you know, the big nanny state. But how do you pay for it? No one ever talks about that. It's all, It sounds good till the bill comes, you know. But I do think Bernie could fundamentally transform America. I don't think people realize that. It's a fundamental transformation of America to have a guy like Bernie take the top ticket. And then who would have ever thought we'd have a openly gay candidate that actually seems to be at the thick of things in the fray. And he outperformed Joe Biden in the caucuses. That actually speaks to Joe Biden, though. I do find it interesting that Joe Biden did so poorly. But, you know, this election is something I'll be breaking down, probably talk about it somewhat, because I think there's a lot of things about it that are going to be removed from the media narrative. You know, you think the mainstream are the six networks that control most of the information are going to tell you, who is this Pete Buttigieg guy? South Bend, Indiana is in some major city. Who is this Rhodes Scholar, Harvard-educated veteran? I sometimes look at him and I hear his speeches. I'm like, wow, he's, he's tailor-made. Who is this guy? And we need to look into him because I'm sure there's things about him. I've come across some data that's showing that there's racial discrimination lawsuits in, in his city. They need to be looked into, I think. You know, and we also, what is identity politics? You know, the fact that he is gay, does that even mean anything? Who cares? You know, what is your ability to lead? I think that's one thing that kills me about the Democrats. They focus a lot on identity politics, but then you look at their ticket. They're just as non-diverse as the Republican Party. Matter of fact, the Republican Party may be more diverse when you think about the level of support they get from the various groups and the representation. It's more in line. Democrats get a lot of support from groups that it's clearly they're not representative at, of, uh, at all. And it's evident from the top to the bottom or what the Democrats think they can get a couple of visible, you know, hate to use the word tokens, but that's kind of what they've done. So 
should be interesting. Um, I don't know what a lot of you guys think, but just my view, the impeachment was crap. It was a joke, a complete waste of money. Um, 47 votes when you needed 67. That's not a strong showing. That's not a public rebuke of the guy. That's actually, and it was all Democrats. Only one guy crossed the line in Romney who, you you can listen to his reply. It doesn't even sound real practical. It's pretty much, you know, he, faith-based reasons, nothing solid and solid. And it's going to be interesting to see the backdoor tug of war between Romney and the Republican Party because they seem to be pretty united around Trump. So I think Romney's going to end up regretting this in the next couple of years. But we'll break it down here. We'll kind of analyze the political season, the things going on, you know, how politicians are going to reach out. I know they're now going to New Hampshire and it should be interesting. New Hampshire, South Carolina. I know this caucus thing and how it breaks down is one of those areas that a lot of us were never really taught much in school, which makes it kind of interesting that the media highlights it as if the American people are educated on it. And I talked to a lot of people. They have no clue. Uh, delegates were, what are the delegates? I think at the end of the day, you know, once the general election gets closer, it'll kind of all filter out. You know, if I can give my early prediction, I just don't see Judge carrying it out. I don't. I think as he's, he's a novelty factor, should be interesting where they go with him. I, Biden's damaged goods. And I really believe that the Democratic Party is not as corrupt as it was last time by kind of blocking Bernie. I see Bernie getting through there. I think Bernie has built a very unique coalition. And this current political climate is so polarized. And with the bias in the media, we're not hearing those voices. The AOCs have pushed the party to the left. The Antifas have pushed the party to the left. There are very hardline voices in the Republican Party. We've seen this kind of backlash in the UK. Look at what's happened in Europe with Brexit and all the different political parties there. And I think that's what's kind of happened here. And it's not been commentated on. And we're going to break that down in the TBS report, the polarization, what's really happened. Because I believe the Democratic Party has been pushed hard left. When Think about it. Obama's pretty much silent on everything going on politically. But when he has spoken, he has spoken about the hard move of the Democratic Party to the left. And I think Bernie represents that full transition. So it's going to be interesting because South Carolina is a very different state than Iowa and New Hampshire. You can dominate Iowa, New Hampshire, and then go to South Carolina and you have a completely different demographic. You have a completely different voting population. So I think that's something I'll be kind of keenly aware and following to see how it breaks down. But I think if Bernie is, is, is not, you know, blocked, you know, or sabotaged like he was last time, I think Bernie carries the nomination. But I don't see him or any of the current Democrats maybe having the ability to beat Trump. I don't. I think once it gets exposed and we'll be breaking down, you know, one of the things I want to do here on the TBS report is I'm gonna do some fact checking. You know, I'm going to watch. I watched some of the debates and listen to what, you know, Pete Buttigieg has said. And I'm actually doing some research on him now and his tenure in South Bend. He does have a record. I'm also looking at the Tom Sayer. You know, Andrew Wang's a guy who has a lot of information about. I find him to be a very dynamic guy. He's a very dynamic guy. He's saying some very interesting things. And uh, and also Bernie and Biden and Bernie and Biden. There's a lot of stuff that's going to come out there. But I'm going to think that when Trump in the general is going against those guys in the debate, it should be fun to watch because let's not forget a couple years when he first got in office, he went through like 20 candidates and 
those 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 he probably ended the Bush political dynasty. You know, when you when this narrative, when the Carl Roves and the James Carvilles write about you know, the Bush political dynasty, what ended it? I think the Trump trend. He basically exposed him as, you know, war having neocons and which ultimately the Democrats wanted to use one of his main guys, Bolton, as a witness. But should be interesting. I'll be breaking it down weekly. My plan is to come to you guys every Sunday and just kind of break down what's going on. What's the news? What am I thinking about? And provide my analysis. You know, I've been astutely kind of studying politics. I've traveled extensively, you know, and I try to get a different opinion from all sides just to kind of break down the facts because it's just too biased. You know, we got too few sources of news out there. And if currency of the 21st century is information, then we're coming with the death by a thousand cuts of information so that, you know, we really put a different view out there. But let's stay on top of this uh, election, these caucuses. I'm going to really follow what happens in South Carolina, though, because I'm curious not only how the candidates do in South Carolina, I'm curious what the media story is going to be. Let's say Pete Buttigieg loses South Carolina, but he just kind of narrowly done in Iowa. Are they going to say it's because of the Bible Belt? Are they going to say it's because of homophobia? You know, I even saw an article, a reporter was saying that if Pete Buttigieg wins the nomination, that Donald Trump will make it a homophobic uh, 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 campaign. I'm thinking to myself, what has he done against gays as president? You know, I, I don't think he's done anything negative towards him, but, you know, the media is going to push that. So we're going to follow that narrative, see how that goes and kind of move in, in, in with the current political climate. Another thing, I don't know if any of them, you know, have, you know, like the whole world, you know, kind of know about Kobe Bryant's death. Kobe was a great athlete, but it's interesting that Kobe Bryant's death has opened up so much emotions around the world. People are talking about his death from Italy to China to everywhere. But one area that does bother me or one area that I find interesting is that a lot of discussion has been on a case in which it was just. It was uh, released. It was kind of canceled. It was never brought to trial. And I'm not here to be a Kobe apologist, nor am I here to victim shame. I think, you know, there needs to be a safe and open, inclusive environment for people to make claims of abuse when they happen. But there also needs to be some fair and balanced discussion. I'm sure as many of you guys are hearing about the Gail King interview with Lisa Leslie. I thought that that interview was a horrific display of this ghetto journalism. And I say ghetto journalism because she had an agenda that it wasn't to tell the facts. It wasn't to celebrate the man's legacy. It wasn't even to show condolences to the family. And, 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 and before I go further, if you haven't seen it, there's an interview that Gail King, Oprah's best friend, that's pretty much she's made her name for herself in media, Oprah's best friend. She does an interview with Lisa Leslie, famed L.A. Sparks basketball player, you know, this basketball legend, you know, female Jordan type lady. And she does an interview with her and she asks Kobe her about Kobe Bryant kind of guy he was and you know and, and she's prodding her to kind of like dig into like the allegations against him in 2003 and then on top of that she starts saying well you're his friend you wouldn't see it and she's literally like priding her to say it and then lisa leslie is almost like hey stop you know i, I get it you know they're not appropriate to his narrative and i just find it odd that she went there but the most important thing her response afterwards I'm sure many of you have probably saw. You can go research and just type in Gail King's reply. She's done these interviews saying it was misdirection. The network has apologized. They're blaming it on some low-level editor. You know the deal, how they got some low-level college editor they can throw it on. 
But the fact that she even asked a question and I did think the first part of the question was probably fair. Hey, should that be a part of his late narrative? But that's it. And what I find most interesting about this, even bringing up Kobe Bryant's scandal, it disproves that can you even die in peace? But most importantly, getting involved in another man's life. The guys, him and his wife made amends. They moved on. Who are we to discuss it? And I hate this hypocrisy because, as we know, we, I work in corporate America. Me Too has changed everything. You don't have women coming to your office no more. There's no mentor-mentee relationships with this a guy and a woman. None of that. You know, you don't even come in. You know, I work around a lot of women. They'll come to work. I got some girls I work with, for example. They do Botox. They do all the beauty stuff. I won't comment on anything. They could come with their hair dyed green. I'm not going to say nothing about their hair. If anything you say must be related to solely non-identifiers uh, 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 of beauty or metrics. It's solely balls and strikes on how they do their jobs. And it's so funny because I can tell that some of these women realize the environment that they've created is now men are so standoffish. It's unbelievable. But the Me Too movement is unique because they're bringing this up to highlight women and victims. But it's so disingenuous when you think of let's look at some of these cases that's out there right now. You know, whether or not it's Harvey Weinstein, whether or not it's Kevin Spacey, you know, there's some major abuses. If you look about who has been accused by Weinstein, dude, there's some major names there and they've gotten almost no media attention. And yet they're bringing stuff up on Kobe that has nowhere near the strength of that. And it makes you wonder, is there really an agenda to help women, to protect women, to create a safe space so that women can make sure that men no longer abuse power? And take advantage of them? Or is it an agenda to cover up for certain groups and to make others the scapegoat? Because I'm just not feeling this Me Too no more. It may have had good intentions, but it has proven and shown to be so biased. It's unreal. When Kevin Spacey makes threats and openly says that if you guys don't leave me, uh, basically leave me alone or I'll destroy Hollywood, I'll bring Hollywood down. You know, no one says nothing. And then to see the abuses of Harvey Weinstein and how it's almost gone under the rug. It's not even made, you know, where's the trial of the century talk? And I'm just kind of looking at some of these cases, whether or not it's the own for spiritual advisor. You know, how many people know, you know, Oprah Winfrey has a spiritual advisor that's got like allegations of, of like 200 rapes. He's actually serving 20 years in prison. You know, I think his name, he's like a Brazilian guy, Jao Fahara. Now look him up if you ever get a chance. J-O-A-O Fahara, F-A-R-I-A. He's a guy that is a spiritual advisor. Warren Free has all these pictures, endorsed him, talked about how great he was. Guy has over uh, 200 women making allegations. Even his own daughter has claimed she ra he raped her. And yet I hear nothing about this guy. You hear massive abuses from so many, and that's Moonves, <laughs> major abuses. And to think that, you know, when, when you're talking about these cases now, it's almost as if it's just, it's R. Kelly, it's Bill Cosby, it's Russell Simmons. And I'm not here to be by no means a um, uh, black male apologist and not say that those abuses don't exist. But we need to be open and ask ourselves, why have it been so many others have gone under the radar, not talked about or nowhere near the public scorn? And it makes me question Me Too. Is Me Too really about women? Because some of the abuses of Matt Lauer are horrific. Charlie Rose, a guy that Gail King, who did that disgusting interview with Kobe. Gail King worked for Charlie Rose. Gail King's a very unique woman. As Oprah Winfrey's best friend. She's worked for Gail King. She's worked for Charlie Rose. She worked for Les Moonves. And she knows Harvey Weinstein. 
And yet she's never mentioned nothing that any of these guys have done. And she has to know the allegations. The more you look into Harvey Weinstein, the more you realize that he's had a reputation in Hollywood for years. He's one of those guys where it wasn't if he was going to get exposed. It was just when. So here we are today and no one says nothing. And so I don't know what you guys think, but I've lost a lot of support or luster for me, too. I do believe women should be respected. There needs to be safe spaces for them in all environments, as they should be for all. But Me Too has shown to be too political. It is not about true helping women. And they seem to have only selective targets because if this is what it's now become, then it's not about empowering women because the cases against Harvey Weinstein are too horrific. Women should be screaming and yelling. There should be protests, movies, surviving Weinstein. What Les Moonves has done is egregious beyond belief. What, you know, so many of these guys have done. And the list is unbelievable. Roger Ailes ran Fox News to the ground, mostly through sexual lawsuits. Dude, that guy died in such shame. And why this selective uh, ridicule? Kobe Bryant is subject to ridicule, but not Kirk Douglas. You know, Kirk Douglas, the famous actor, was once accused of rape. Recently, stories have come out of Mick Jagger having sex with underage girls. Even Radon Trump claimed she had sex with the guy. And no one says nothing. So this selective outrage, if it's going to be a, if Me Too is truly Me Too, then it must be for all. It can't be this, this group and that group. So yeah, I'm going to be talking more about this Me Too movement. I'm going to be talking about all this discussion on sexual misconduct because it's become too biased. It's become too politicized. And now it's just become a weapon that has so sullied the relationships between men and women. And that art interview that Gail King did, for those that haven't seen it, check it out. It's disgusting. It's despicable. Um, I even went on her Twitter page and they said, what's the purpose of this? And I don't expect her to respond, but the fact that she's getting all kinds of heat, she knows she really crossed a bad line. And if Gail King is all about helping women, she has to know about her boss, Charlie Rose. She has to. Not only does Charlie Rose have allegations of sexual misconduct, look him, look it up. He has, he has allegations of racial uh, bias. He's been accused of racism and sexual misconduct, and you have not heard a single word from Gail King. It makes you wonder who they're working for. And I'm looking at all the Twitter smoke. And one thing that recently kind of even added more smoke to this Gail King, Kobe, the hypocrisy of Me Too, the former national security advisor, Susan Rice, decided to jump involved, which in my view is beyond belief. This is an Ivy League educated woman, a former government level ambassador, government level ambassador getting involved with a gangster rapper and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Snoop Dogg is he's, he's, he, he is an adult. He's a man. He has his views. He's conscious. I get it. But is he the person that we should be going to to set the standards in the community as to how to do things, how to address concerns? No. But he did express something that I felt was very accurate. He, yeah, he didn't use the proper verbiage. He should have called. He could have spoke to Gail more properly. But did he really have to? But I just find it so odd for her to come out. And not only did she come out and threaten Snoop Dogg, which I think is beyond crazy, she threatened him and almost talked about sicking an army on him. So I went and I decided to go look up this lady, Susan Rice. Her husband's Canadian. You know, hey, be, be married to who you are. For those that don't know, she also has a son that's like a diehard conservative. Make Stanford great again. It's almost crazy to think that she was at the Obama administration but uh, to think that she made that threat against Snoop Dogg, and it's so 
interesting to see this level of smoke that sadly African-Americans have for each other in this case of really what I call ghetto journalism. What Gail King did was not effective journalism and she knows it. And she knows it. That's why she's on TV apologizing. She's never apologized for the R. Kelly interview. Why? She didn't get that smoke because we all know that R. Kelly and Kobe aren't the same people. I'm not even close. But I just find it unreal that the former national security advisor, Susan Rice, injects herself. And this also shows me how emotional was she on concerns involving the state? This is the person that we had at the secretary of state level, national security level. The national security advisor threatened Snoop Dogg. She should be embarrassed. This was very low class on her part. Snoop Dogg, yes, he should have probably used better words, but the Ivy League educated state diplomat should never be in the in in the bushes with this level of trash. It is for her. But uh, it speaks volumes about this. And I think this is something that we need to watch where this goes, because sadly, I see a lot of discussion. It's all over the black Twitter spaces, social media is talking about it like crazy. And I think what she has done is help build a lot of name and street cred around Snoop. But it's also sad to have stooped to this level because there's no benefit to anyone in the community to have the national security advisor threatening you over Gail King. And is Gail King even a good journalist? She talks about how great of a journalist she is. Is she? Because it's kind of seen that she's just really turned out to be a... Um, I'm here to do all your black hit pieces. You need a hit piece done on R. Kelly, uh, Kobe. I'm here for all your hit pieces. But Susan Rice, I think, needs to apologize. I really do. And this morning, Snoop Dogg did some interviews, a few radio programs, kind of clarifying his position, making it clear, hey, I'm never calling for violence on Gayle King. And no one has called for that. Offer Winfrey's gone on TV and she's in tears. It's all for show. It was a crocodile tears. Nobody's going to do no violence for him. But people are asking, where's the smoke for Charlie Rose? <laughs> where's the smoke for Harvey Weinstein? Where's the smoke for so many other abusers of, of women, of, of rights? And they don't have it. But um, yeah, this is just another example of like how our government officials go. And like looking at Susan Rice's response, it also to me, it highlighted what we saw earlier when Nancy Pelosi ripped up that speech from Donald Trump. Like, these are some of the people that are in our government. Don't you find that crazy like this? I just think the level of emotional intelligence was so low in. You need to have a better way of dealing with issues than that. So I think, I think we should follow that. It's going to be an interesting story because it's going to go nowhere. Kobe's body is not even buried yet and everybody's still attacking him. And this is all happening while Harvey Weinstein is on trial right now. You know, I believe he's going to be acquitted, but it's going to be interesting, the post-narrative how that's going to be described in the media because is it going to be ridiculed? Is it going to be talked about? Or is he just too powerful to even have anybody say anything? I think we'll all come and find that out. You know, I guess with not only the Me Too, the Super Bowl, all these other things going on, there's a lot of other stuff that I saw that of particular interest. And I just want to kind of stay abreast of them. I wanted to kind of reach out to you guys today. You know, what are your views on this? You know, is Me Too really about protecting women or is it now just become so biased where it's certain men only that it's become almost ineffective and now just a weapon to be used to take out you know men undesirables you know is it just that you know how do you feel about this susan rice getting involved i think that's crazy myself but it's also 
opened up a lot about what she must have been like as an ambassador because this is just so beneath her to even involve herself. There's nothing she can benefit from this. Snoop Dogg's fan base and her fan base are people who even follow what she even does are not even the same people. You know, I doubt Snoop Dogg has guys that stay abreast of national security issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're thinking about, you know, uh, east side, west side issue, east side, west side hood security issues. So it's just a, something to kind of follow. But I wanted to kind of talk about those things, kind of get out to you some information. And I plan on every Sunday, Sunday, getting a podcast out here for right now so that I'm going to share with you my views on what's going on in the day, topics of interest and want to make sure you can follow me here on 